one of the oldest adages in hockey is that a team coming home from a long road trip will just stink in that first home game. They'll be flat. They'll look lifeless. They'll look like they left their legs on the charter flight. Will that happen tonight? Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates right where you found this. It is Penguins versus Canucks tonight at PPG Paints Arena. And it's not a normal home game for two reasons. One, night before Thanksgiving. If you're a Pittsburgher, you know exactly what that means in terms of hockey. It's the best, loudest regular season crowd of the year. Why? People come home. Students come home. And they want to see some hockey while they're home. So they find a way to get tickets. They get in there. They pack the place, and they make a lot of noise. Feels like a playoff game. Can actually be a little bit jarring. And if you're Mike Sullivan, you have to love that on multiple levels because otherwise, and this is the other half of that component, he does have a hockey team coming off a tremendous trip. Take it from someone who flew out there for all three legs, Montreal, Toronto, and Winnipeg, and covered the whole thing. These guys had every reason to beam with pride, with satisfaction at what they'd accomplished. They turned their season around in the standings, and I believe intangibly as well. And they should feel good about that. But, oh, my. Listen to what Sullivan had to say when I asked him in Winnipeg after that third victory, the 3-1 to one over the Jets, if his team still has another level that it can hit. Well, I just think it's collective effort, you know, on both sides of the puck. And, uh, you know, when, when, we play a, when we play a simple straight-ahead game, and, uh, and we utilize our team speed, whether it be our ability to, to change the point of attack by moving the puck and supporting the puck or, or our ability to, uh, you know, to use our physical foot speed to, to challenge our opponents. I think that's when our team's at its best and, uh, and, I, and I can see us getting better at it. And so, you know, we just got to continue to grow and get better. Um, you know, hopefully this trip will, will, will build some team confidence uh, moving forward, but uh, certainly we're pleased with, with the results that we got, we just got to continue to grow. We got to get better. We can't get satisfied. We've got to stay hungry. Seized that one, didn't he? Yep. He started thinking right away about Wednesday night against the Canucks, who, by the way, are off to a terrible start. And nobody cares about the Canucks here. So you have all kinds of bad mojo heading into this normally. Normally, but if there's a line that's been defined as here's good over here and here's bad over there, it's this when the Penguins play the style 
that they did in the first couple of games of the season on the Florida trip. And when they play that style again the way they did on this Canadian trip, and they have a lot of better players in the lineup, that's the template for success. When they don't have that thing that they did on those two trips, they will just go right ahead and get blown out by the Senators, lose to the Sabres, and whatever else here. I don't know that there's an in-between for this team, at least not until all of the superstars are back to superstarring again. And that does not appear to be imminent. They have to play one way in order to get results. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. Now more than ever at the holiday season, committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. And they, in turn, need your help. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org to find out how they can turn $1 into five full meals. pittsburghfoodbank.org, especially at Thanksgiving. The sell job that Sullivan has, and in turn, the buy-in that he needs to get from players, is that, not that this is the only way, because you can luck out. You can have Tristan Jari steal you a game. You can have some unexpected source come up with a couple of goals and steal one. The sell job and the buy-in should come from the fact that they can beat anybody by playing that way. They have the right system. It's the right match for the roster. And yes, they have the roster. They have the talent, meaning the speed and the skill, to pull it off. They have players who almost without exception fit what Sullivan and his staff want them to do. And when it's been applied correctly, let's review. They beat the two-time defending Stanley Cup champs on home ice right after their banner went up. They competed feverishly with the Panthers, a team that might be better than the Lightning, lost in OT, and just now they went into Toronto and took on a team that had won 10 out of 11, uh, six in a row, had superb defensive numbers, uh, in particular Jack Campbell's numbers in goal, 944 save percentage in that span, and didn't just beat them, they, they, they mowed them down, they, they, they silenced them. Sheldon Keefe, after the game, the Maple Leafs coach was asked why he wasn't changing up lines in order to make something happen. And he said, we, don't, we didn't have a problem with the lines. We had a Pittsburgh Penguins problem. And then, of course, the Penguins finish up that trip by going into Winnipeg and 
taking down a, a group of Jets that in the first period looked like they were going to skate through a wall to get a couple of points. That one actually impressed me more than the first two. If you see these results and you cite them with your players as positive reinforcement, you know, not the negative, not the, hey, don't go out there and stink tonight just because it's the Canucks and they're in last place or whatever, and you're back home from a great road trip and you're feeling all uh, overstuffed, you don't need the negative. What you sell on them is the positive, and especially this group. Because who needs the ultimate sell? Believe it or not, it's the leadership group. It is Sidney Crosby and Chris Letang, and when he comes back, Evgeny Malkin. What motivates those three guys? We don't have to wonder about that in Pittsburgh. We know that. What is their legacy? Their legacy is three championships. More than any individual thing. Even in Sid's case, Sid will be the first to tell you it's about the championships. Tell them. Sell them. You want another one? You want another couple? This is how you do it. This is the only way. You guys aren't sitting at the top, meaning Sid and Gino, of the NHL scoring leaders anymore. Those days might be in the past, but it's not going to stop you from raising a cup if your team's good enough to win. At the end, you still end up with the ultimate prize and everybody else gets the consolation trophies at the awards ceremony. You know, Connor McDavid can go home with another whatever, whatever, you know, the Art Ross and, and everything else. But you get the one that everybody wants. How? Like this. Here's how. This is how you do it. I happen to feel, and this might sound a little bit stupid, late November, I happen to feel that tonight's game against the Canucks is a pretty significant one in this regard because you can't presume that that system thing, that that approach thing is a switch for you to flip on and off. It's got to just become the default. Sid told me in, in Toronto, pretty striking statement on his part, I thought, that this is a hard way to play. He said that. He wasn't complaining. This is, we're, we're talking about Sid here. He was stating a fact. It is. It is. They're flying around the rink. They're in people's faces. They're lunging at everything to make sure that they have the puck. There's nothing lazy about it. And to do it game after game after game, it has to become the norm. It has to become the thing that you're doing. Not just to win in the playoffs, but let's not forget they have to make the playoffs before they they can win anything in them. When we come back, just one question.
It's time for just one question. That's brought to you on this program. Always by Fubo TV. The monthly cost of cable is over 200 bucks. Fubo TV is 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels. And right now, Fubo TV is offering our listeners of this show a seven-day free trial and 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com slash DK. Our J1Q comes from Richard, who asks something of a multi-parter here. Do you know what Malkin's status is? And when he comes back, where would you slot him? Would you break up the new look Carter line or, and make him play with Heinen and Erod? Um, first of all, there's been nothing to know about Gino's status because he did not accompany the team on this Canadian trip, and as a result, I never laid eyes on him. Um, when the Penguins are at home, he's visible to reporters both in Cranberry and at PPG Paints Arena before practices, before skates and things like that. But again, he didn't come at all to Canada. We were told while in Canada that he is practicing with Ty Hennis, the Penguins skills coach, and getting all kinds of extra work in. But again, you know, there there isn't going to be a significant update until we're able to lay eyes on him again. Now, when he comes back, what do you do with him? Well, okay. <laughs> he's Gino, so let's start with that. He he's going to he's going to get the priority line mates. You're not going to worry about which line might be hot or not or whatever my feeling here based on talking to some people inside the penguins including kasperi kapanen is that he and kapanen will be united so what i think you'll see here because they liked the the chemistry that was there and obviously kapanen could use you know, some kind of boost. Uh, not that I think Gino will solve all of his problems, notably the falling down that he's doing all over the ice. Things you really shouldn't be talking about at the NHL level, but he spends a lot of time horizontal. Uh, and this isn't Connor Sherry to be, you know, just getting knocked around because he's smaller. He just keeps falling down. If you haven't noticed that, watch for it. But if you have... Malkin and Kapanen, there's some logic that would dictate that Jason Zucker would be the left winger there. You're not doing anything with the top line. Uh, it will be Sidney Crosby, Jake Gensel, and Brian Rust. So what you have then is Carter going back into the role for which he was acquired he was supposed to be that guy who made the third line a consistent threat. So if you do that and you put Carter there and he's between the two guys that you mentioned, Danton Heinen and Evan Rodriguez, you, you could have yourself a line. And what's more, you could be taking some of the pressure off Carter. You know, this can be easy to forget with how well he's performed since coming to Pittsburgh, but he's 36. And 
There are 82 games here to play. And I think you're going to want to find a way to pace him instead of having him be the first-line guy, the second-line guy, whatever it is. If he's on a regular rotation through the third line, he gets his time on the second power play unit, I think that's a healthier pace for him over the course of the season. But, but, I go back to something that Sullivan once told me a couple years ago, which was that when he and his coaching staff get together every morning and they always talk about line combinations, even when they seem like they'd be super obvious, in his own words, the first thing they think about that morning is what's right, what's best for Sidney Crosby. Second thing, what's right, what's best for Evgeny Malkin. And that's how the rest of the lines fall into place. I don't know if I've ever shared that with you before, but he, he this was this was a couple years ago. It was pre-pandemic. And if you take that approach and you apply it like that, you're going to end up with Gino, Kapanen, and Zucker, maybe, at least to start, at least to start. I really believe Kapanen has to figure something out here. I really do. Uh, if not, you know, there are other options. There are other ways to do this. Jeff Carter's played a lot of right wing in his career. Jeff Carter's certainly a top six player. So you could start thinking about moving him up into the equation as a right winger. But they're going to start out, I believe, to answer your question here, with Kapanen and Gino together. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. No show tomorrow because of Thanksgiving. I hope you enjoy the holiday with family and friends. Value everything in your life, including things for which you might not normally think about or express gratitude. Things that matter to you. To me, is always what Thanksgiving is about, even more so than watching the Detroit Lions. We'll be back Friday with another Daily Shot of Penguins. (laughs) 